Hey, good morning. My name is Scott. I'm the lead pastor here at Journey Church, and I just have to say I'm, I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to be so close to the, the tub this morning that we get a chance to put some people into the water who are taking this next step with Jesus, who are kind of signifying that their declaration that Jesus is Lord, that they are dying to themselves and they're being raised to new life. And I don't know, I hope you're as excited as I am because we're going to see people splash. We're going to see, we're going to be clapping and cheering anyway. I just wanted to start right there. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, Brian. Hey, uh, before I get started, I want to thank someone. Um, I don't know if any of you were here last week, but I wasn't, right? I had planned to be gone. I had planned to go to Texas. And and yet I got a phone call like on Friday night, late Friday night, a, a phone call that just said, hey, this was the person who was supposed to be speaking on Sunday instead of me. And like, I'm not, I'm, I'm sick. I, I can't make it. I can't preach. And so then I was like, well, all right, what are we going to do? And so I talked to a, a few people and I talked to Steve Winterberg, who was able to just pinch hit last week for me and, and being in this place. And, and I thought, man, there were a whole bunch of ideas of what we could do. And Olivia shared some of them. And I thought the coloring book was a great idea, but maybe we'll save that for another Sunday. But I wanted to thank Steve for stepping in, for, for pitch hitting and, and taking care of the church and for just a day. But um, yeah, it was fantastic. And, and if you weren't here, let me just encourage you to go back, whether on our website or on, on YouTube, and, and listen to that message. On, it's on John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11, the, this woman who was caught in, in adultery. And it was a powerful message. You'll learn a ton, but you'll be challenged as well. So I encourage you to go back and, and check that out. Now, I've had um, a few people ask me this morning, like, how was, how was your trip? How was your time in Texas? And, and it was, honestly, it was, it was wonderful. It was great to kind of get away for just a, a few days. Uh, and it was wonderful, not just because the, the teaching that I received was great. The worship that I experienced was fantastic. The barbecue was top-notch. They know how to cook meat in, in Texas. But, but to be honest, there was a part of the, the time that I spent there in, in just outside of Houston, and I was with just a number of other uh, men and, and women pastors in, in the Free Methodist Church, and, and there was a moment in there where the, the Lord was, um, he was calling me out on some stuff. He was confronting me, he was convicting me, and, and it, it, it challenged me in a number of ways of how I think and how I act and even how I, I lead and... Um, and it was, I, I left that moment, I left that time feeling encouraged and, and refreshed. And maybe the question is like, how can you come away after being convicted, confronted, and, and called out? How do you leave that space and place feeling encouraged and, and refreshed? And, and the reason is because in that moment, I didn't feel condemned. I felt called out because I felt cared for. I felt God leading me out of something because he loved me enough not to just leave me in what felt like mess. And so I was able to, to just come out of that place feeling encouraged and feeling refreshed and, and feeling restored and, and it was good for my soul. Now, I got home late on Tuesday night. Uh, my wife, Natasha, and two of my kids picked me up at the airport, and, and we drove home, and I was a little disappointed because we didn't stop at Chick-fil-A on the way home, but that's okay. Drove right by, but we got home pretty late, and so I, we just went to bed, right? I got the coffee ready in the morning. I just got things set out. I just opened up my suitcase, set it down, grabbed my toothbrush, got ready for bed, and just, it was just late, so we just went to bed. And then the next morning, I woke up to just this thud, right? Just this loud thud. And it was, it was early in the morning. And then my wife, she wakes up early. And I 
try to wake up early as well, but, but I just woke up to this thud followed by this indistinguishable series of words, kind of like Harry on uh, Home Alone when he kind of gets something dropped on him and he's like, rackin', frackin', rickin', rackin'. I just heard this, 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 just this sound bang and some indistinguishable words and I was like, oh, my suitcase. I left my suitcase just on the floor. I, like I said, I got home in a hurry, just opened it up, grabbed my toothbrush, but Natasha on her way after waking up and just going in to put her glasses on, and she just like kicked it right and just hit her foot right on that thing. And I know you can, you can empathize and sympathize and understand the pain that she went through. And, but the problem was, I mean, A, I, I was an idiot. I left my suitcase on the floor, but the second problem was that she just couldn't see it because it was dark. Like she got up early in the morning and it it was dark and she couldn't see it. And the reality for us is, is that we were never intended to, we were never designed to, we weren't created to, to see in the dark, right? I mean, we're not bats, we're not cats, we're not any of those devil creatures, right? And now I apologize, I I realize that that may be offensive for those of you that like bats, so... And for those of you that like cats, I apologize as well. I've I got some good cat stories growing up, so we can, we can reminisce. But, but we were never intended to, to see in the, in the dark, right? That's not how we were designed and created. We were actually in designed and created to, to walk in, in the light, in the opposite. And we actually see that in Scripture in, in the beginning. When we go back to Genesis chapter 1, when it, when it says that God created the heavens and the earth, and then it says right following that, I think in verse 3 it says, and then God said, let there be light. And he said that, that he saw the light and that the light was good. And then he separated the light from the darkness. He, he put them in, at opposite ends, and he called uh, the light day, and he called the dark night like this light is where we were intended to be, where we were intended to operate, where we were intended to thrive and, and to live. And, and Jesus says all sorts of things about light. If you've been paying attention as we've been going through the Gospel of John, you know that Jesus has been saying a lot about light. In fact, in chapter 12, he says, actually chapter 11, Jesus says this. He says, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Now, obviously, Jesus never, has never been to Oregon in the winter, but... It, But are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It's when a person walks at night that they stumble because they have no light. Now that leads us into this morning's passage where we're going to open up our Bibles to John chapter 8. And if you brought one with you, I encourage you to do that right now. And, and for those of you that maybe are visiting with us this morning or that maybe you've only been here a few times, maybe you don't realize that we're in the middle of John chapter 8 because we've already gone through John chapters 1 through 8. We've, been, we've spent the last five months making our way through the gospel of John, the story of Jesus according to John. And we're going to continue to make our way through that over the course of this year. And we just find ourselves today in, in John chapter 8. And we're doing that because we want to be a church that trusts the word of God. We want to be a family that trusts the word of God. And the way that we do that is by immersing ourselves in it, by making intentional effort to learn from it, and then letting that transform our lives and actually to, to live it out. So John chapter 8, uh, starting in verse 12. Um, We'll start there. Here's what it says. It says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. 
Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him. Here you are appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid, for I know where I come from and I know where I am going. But you have no idea where I come from or where I am going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your, in your own law, is it written that the testimony of two witnesses is true? I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Then he asked them, where is your Father? You do not know, then they asked him, where is your Father? You do not know me or my Father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. Once more, Jesus said to them, I am going away and you will look for me and you will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. This made the Jews ask, will he kill himself? Is that why he says, where you go, I cannot come? But he continued, You are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins. If you do not believe that I am he, you will indeed die in your sins. Who are you? they asked. Just as I have been telling you from the beginning, Jesus replied, I have much to say in judgment of you, but he who sent me is trustworthy. And what I have heard from him, I tell the world. They did not understand what he was telling them about his father. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the son of man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone for I always do what pleases him. Even as he spoke, many believed in him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So here in John chapter 8, we see Jesus make this statement. He says, I am the light of the world. Now this is the second of seven statements that Jesus says, I am. We read one a few weeks ago where he said, I am the bread of life. Today Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Now I mentioned this already, but light is a significant theme in John's gospel. It's going to come up a lot. If you've been reading with us, you know that that Jesus has talked about it and John has talked about it. And as we continue, Jesus will continue to talk about the light and referring to himself as the light as he did today. Now, as we look at it today, there's three things I want you to kind of keep in mind. The first is this, is, is where was Jesus standing? The second is this, who was he talking to? And the third is this, what had just happened? We'll start with the first, like where was Jesus standing? It, I mean, does it really matter? Actually, it kind of does. John, again, the details matter to John, so he points things out. He says that Jesus was stamp, standing at the temple courts, which is in a different translation, it's the temple treasury, where the offerings are collected. Like this is where um, they would bring in their, their gifts and their offerings that they would be collected. And it was significant that Jesus was standing there, similarly to as we talked about over the last few weeks, because we know that the, the festival of, of tents, the festival of shelters, the festival of tabernacles, that it just recently completed. And we knew that, we're, that that was a significant representation of, of Israel's time in, in the wilderness. 
And so here, where Jesus is standing, there's actually these large bowls that would be hung from the ceilings and, and filled with oil, and they would be lit, specifically during the, the festival of tabernacles, but, but all the time lit and shining brightly this light. And this light, similar to how the, the tents that they lived in represented the time when they lived in the tents, this light, it represented the, the pillar of light that shone in the wilderness when, when the Israelites traveled through the, the wilderness. We read about it in Exodus chapter 17-ish, that this light, it, it guided them by night. And so this pillar of, of light, these, these lanterns that held in, in the temple treasury that hung there, they represented God's presence. They re- represented God's protection. They represented God's guidance. So it was significant for us to know and understand where it was that, that Jesus was standing, where he was standing. But next, it's important for us to know like, who it is that he was talking to. We see that he's talking to the Pharisees, and we know that he's talking to the, the Jewish people that were all around him. And when Jesus used this language of, of light, when Jesus said, I am the light of the world, this was a familiar language to them. This was, these were words that they have heard and, and understood before. They actually believed that there was someone who would come, a servant who would come and who would be this type of light. N.T. Wright describes what Jesus says here in, in this way when he's talking about the light. He says, the idea of God calling someone to be means of bringing light to the world is, is rooted in ancient Judaism. There's, there is in the prophet Isaiah Israel, who, who will be the world's true light. But ultimately, it's the Lord's servant who is anointed to bring God's truth and justice to the world. See, in this moment, Jesus was claiming, as similarly as he claimed to be the, the bread of life, the source of life, here he says, I am the light of the world. I am the source of light and life. Listen to, to how it is described in Isaiah chapter 42. Like this just pointed to Jesus, the servant. It's, it's up on the screen behind me. It says, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people. He's talking about Jesus. And a light to the Gentiles, to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. See, what Jesus was telling these people, the, the Pharisees and, and the, the Jewish crowds that surrounded him, he says, I am the light of the world. I'm not just the light of, of Israel. I am that too, but I am the light of, of all people. <laughs> and whoever comes to me, whoever follows me, will, will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And then the third thing for us to just be aware of is that what just happened right before we, we read what John 8 chapter, or verses 12 through 30, we, we know what took place last week, right? If you were here last week, you listened to, to Steve as he preached through John chapter 8, verses 1 through 12, which is the story of, of a woman who was, who was caught in adultery and who was brought before Jesus and by, the, by these Pharisees who tried to trap Jesus, trying to see if he would condemn her, to see if he would stone her, but instead, Jesus sets her free. Sets her free from, from darkness he sets her free from, from death. He didn't condemn her, but rather he, he released her into new life. He released her into grace. He was demonstrating what we read in John chapter 12 when Jesus says, I do not come to judge or to condemn the world, 
but I come to save the world. Now, I think Steve talked about this last week. This isn't condoning the activity. This isn't condoning the way this woman and whoever she was with were living. But he also wasn't condemning. Jesus didn't come to condemn. He comes to to save us and and to rescue us from the darkness, to rescue us from the death that we are experiencing. That's what he did with this woman. And it's important for us to understand that because as we read through the rest of chapter 8, Jesus' words, even as we read today, his words are hard and his words are harsh and his words can feel somewhat condemning, but they're never far from his mercy. They're never far from his grace. They're never far from his desire for those to hear them to move out of the darkness and into the light and into freedom. So as we read these words, we have to understand that that Jesus' words might sound condemning and harsh, but his heart is for life. His heart is for freedom. His heart is filled with mercy and grace. So listen again to what Jesus said immediately following all of this. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And right after this, it's like the the Pharisees just heard him say this and they just had to step in. They they could take no more and they kind of stepped in with either three statements or three questions. And the first of those was, they said, your testimony is not valid, is what they said to him. They heard him say, you are the light of the world. They knew what he meant by this. But they said, that can't be true. You can't be your own witness. You can't say these things about yourself if you wanted to believe that your testimony is valid. But Jesus says, I... I know where I come from and, and I know where I am going and you do not know either of these things. I, I, I can actually understand where they were coming from. In some sense, it actually makes sense. I, I think about when we hire somebody for a job, rarely do we hire somebody without a reference or without a, a recommendation, right? And if we do, we usually pay the price months down the road when we, when we have no idea about this person. But Jesus didn't come without a reference. He didn't come without a recommendation. He says, I have another witness. He says, my witness is, is the Father, my, the one who sent me, the one who is with me, who, who never leaves me, and the one who I always do what pleases. He is, is my witness. And so they ask him a question. They say, so where is, where is your Father? And his answer was rough. He says, you don't know me or my Father. If you knew, if you, you don't know me or my Father, if you knew me, you would know my Father also. You see, the, the, the word know there, it's not just simply knowledge, but it's rather like relationship. To know wasn't simply knowledge of, it was relationship with. The Pharisees, they knew the law of God. They knew it well, but they did not know the God of the law. And this is what Jesus would judge. This is what he would hold against them. Not their religion, not the exterior things, the way that they look, because they could look pretty good. No, rather, he would judge their relationship with the Father through their relationship with him. He says, if you knew me, you would know my Father also. And so then they said, so who are you? (laughs) And better translated, what they said to Jesus is, who do you think you are? You see, the words that Jesus was speaking to them, again, they were harsh, They were offensive to the Pharisees. But Jesus was like, 
I've been saying this stuff from the beginning. I've been living this stuff from the beginning. You've been observing me. You've been seeing what I've been doing from the, the very beginning. I've not hidden myself. I, I've not I tried to hide who I am. From the beginning, I've been saying all of these things. But he goes on and says, but when you lift up the Son of Man, and in saying that he's foreshadowing his death and also his resurrection, he says, but when you lift up the Son of Man, you will know. (laughs) You will know that I am who I said I am, that I am who I've been saying that I am from the very beginning. In fact, I really feel like all of this, what is happening right here, is is foreshadowing towards a scene that we see at the end of of Mark chapter 15, when Jesus takes his last breath, when he dies on the cross, when he he lets out his breath, and we we read that that the, the curtain in the temple is torn from the top to the bottom, and the ground is shaking, and, and the world is changing because what have ju- had just taken place, and there's this centurion guard, this Roman guard that's standing at the foot of the cross, watching Jesus in this moment, and he says, truly, he was the Son of God. All of this is kind of foreshadowing towards that moment. And here's, here's the thing, is as we look at a passage like this, and this isn't just these you know, verses from, chap- from 12 to 13, all of chapter 8, it's rough. These are harsh words. They sound combative. They sound harsh, um, even condemning at times. Doesn't it sound that way to us as we, as we hear Jesus' words to the Pharisees and to those who are there with him? But this is what we know about Jesus is that he didn't come to condemn. He didn't come to, to reject. He didn't come to punish, Jesus came to save. He came to bring life, and he came to be light to the world. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but he will have the light of life. So here's what I think is taking place in this passage. Here's what, in a passage that just feels complicated and hard, here's what I think is taking place, that Jesus the light of the world, he's illuminating reality. And he's calling people out of the darkness and then into the light. But the trouble is, the the problem is, the hardest part about this is is what he he would say, or what he actually said earlier in John 3.19. He says, light has come into the world. Maybe you remember this. We read this a while back. He says, light has come into the world, but people love the darkness instead of the light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will, come into the, and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. Like we know what, what light, especially sunlight, we know what it does for us, right? We know that it, it helps in the, the photosynthesis process, right? We know that it gives us vitamin D. We know that if we stand, like even right now, like I'm standing under this light and I can feel its, its warmth shining down on me. We know that light does some of these things, but what is it that light does the best? Light expels darkness. And light reveals what is hidden in the dark. Like that is what light does the best. It enables us to see clearly. It helps us to see reality. It helps us to see when, when light shines brightly on something. It helps us to see and understand and, and know that it is true and that it is real. It is real. 
And for many, as they listen to Jesus, like the illumination of not only Jesus' presence, but Jesus' words, but for many, it had a it made a huge difference. Listen to, again to what it said in verse 30. It says, even as he spoke, many believed in him. But I want you to listen to what Jesus would say later on in chapter 12. And I apologize for jumping fast forwarding to you know, four chapters down the road. But listen to what he says there. He says, whoever believes in me does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. The one who looks at me is seeing the one who sent me. I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. See, the light is where we were meant to be. Just go and ask my wife. She'll tell you. Like, the, the light is where we were meant to be. We were made to be in the light, not in the darkness. And that is Jesus' invitation in this moment, when he was making this statement, when he says, I am the light of the world, whoever follows me will no longer walk in darkness, but they will have light and life. This is an invitation to walk out of the darkness, to follow Jesus out of darkness and, and into light. And to be honest, I, I think this morning, like I, I just think this morning, like Jesus is calling us out. I used that expression earlier when I was talking about my time in Houston. I believe that, that Jesus, as he speaks us and as he leads us by his Holy Spirit, that, that he is calling us out, that he's calling us out of, of darkness and he's calling us into light, not to punish us, not to condemn us, not because he's mad at us or, or, or disappointed in us, but rather, again, he calls us out because he cares for us. He doesn't leave us in the darkness because he loves us. You see, that's what I, what I experienced earlier this week. And just to be somewhat honest with you, like, like here's what, what it really revealed for me in, in this moment is we were just getting some teaching, hearing actually a story of this woman who had been healed from just some serious sickness. But, but prior to that, she actually prayed this, this prayer of forgiveness. She went through this process to just set free some, some resentment and some bitterness that she was feeling towards some people in her life. And, and as she prayed for those things and eventually later she got healed and and what the the leaders in this conference did in that moment is they invited those of us who were there the pastors and leaders in these churches to to take a moment and to just come up with a list of people who maybe you are holding unforgiveness to, towards who you are holding bit, bitterness towards and if I'm being super honest it didn't take me very long to come up with a short list of of people that I, that I continue to hold resentment and, and bitterness towards. And the people that I had probably said to myself, Lord, I forgive them, I, I, I release them, I let go of, of this situation, and yet I still sense bitterness and, and harshness and, and even condemnation on my own part in my heart towards these people. And so they had us write down these names, and so I wrote down three names. Don't worry, it's none of you, but I'm just kidding. But I wrote down these, these three names, and then they said, now tell the person who you're sitting with. And I came by myself, and so I just met with another pastor, and we just shared the names of the people that we needed to, to forgive, and we prayed for one another, we cried with each other, just releasing this moment, what God was, was calling out in me, moving me from, from darkness 
into light. And so this morning, what I realize is that as the Lord is moving in our lives, he is calling each one of us out of darkness and, and into light. It's just our darkness that might look different. For some of us, that darkness might simply be the need to actually put our hope and our faith and our trust in Jesus. Maybe we've never had an opportunity to do that. Maybe you're here this morning and, and you're just checking Jesus out, right? Like, I don't even know what I know about Jesus, but he's still, he's calling you out into to light because he knows that's where you will thrive. He knows that's where you are meant to live in his presence and in his love and in his mercy and in his grace. And yet others of us are here and, and he's, we've already done that, right? We've already been called out of, of darkness and into light. We've already come out of the baptismal waters and into to new life, but it doesn't mean that we aren't susceptible to the darkness, it doesn't mean that we don't fall into the trap of, of bitterness or, or envy or jealousy or you name it. There's so many things that we can find in the darkness that we are susceptible to. And I, I believe that this morning the God that through Jesus is, is calling us out of the darkness. He's calling us into the light. And maybe even in some way he's calling us to what we read in James chapter 5 verse 16 where he says, Therefore confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. There's significance in that. And today I won't ask you to turn to your neighbor and, and list your three darkest things. But can I encourage you to do something? I, I meet with two other guys in this church. I meet with them every week. And here's what we do. We, we get coffee. But we also, we, we sit and we answer a, a five questions. Mostly three, but sometimes five we, we ask each other, how's your soul? What are your struggles and your successes? And then what is the Lord teaching you through his word or by his spirit? Like that's, that's the baseline, that's simple. Like that, you, we can all talk about those th three things. But then if, if the Lord is leading us, if the Lord is calling us out of darkness and into the light, we ask the harder questions or we, maybe we answer the harder questions. Is there any sin that you need to confess? Is there something that you're, is there any secrets that you want to, to share? Like those are two questions that are hard to answer just in a public space, right? But when you begin to follow Jesus together with other people, like in, in relationship, in, in close connection and trust, like you can actually go into those places and spaces. And, and this is a group that's not just like just some accountability group where we just come in and just talk about our, all our mistakes, every, you know, everything we've done, but but it's a place where we just know that we are known. It's a place where, where we can share, like, the, well, how is our soul? What's life looking like right now? And if needs be, and would you pray with me? Because I am struggling in the dark right now, and I need someone to help me move from darkness to light today. Man, if that sounds like something that, is, that you need, talk to me. Send me an email, send me a text, talk to me after church. Mitchell and Olivia and Olivia and I, we will help set you up with that. We will help you find two, three people to connect with, to, to begin to walk that path. But I'll, I'll be honest, it's not easy, right? Especially early on, because it's, it's never easy to, to expose what's in the dark. That's why we keep it in, in the dark. But it's changed. It's changed my life. I mean, the way I follow Jesus now compared to a year ago is different because of the time that I spend with these two other guys. So if that's interesting to you, just maybe reach out and we can, we can have a conversation about it. But here's the invitation from Jesus today. And I don't want to take up too much time. Oh, we're doing good. I got one last thing. 
Here's the invitation from Jesus today. He says, follow me into the light, into, the, into new life. When I, my family and I, quick story, we lived in Rwanda. We had this rug, right? It was just this rug because we had no carpet. Everything was tiled. So we just wanted to be able to stand on a rug at some point. So we just had this rug. And, and at one point we had a, a water heater leak or a water leak and it got water on the rug and, and it, the water soaked into the rug and then it dried in the rug and then the rug stunk. Right, it's just like, like how that works. And, and we didn't have a washing machine. There's no laundromat. We couldn't just like take it down to the river. It, we just were stuck with a rug that stunk. And so we didn't know what to do with it. And then eventually a, uh, this guy came, this, this pastor to missionaries and his wife, they came and visited us. I was like, hey, we were talking about it. Somehow it came up and he said, he said this phrase that I think it fits in exactly what we're talking about today. He says, he said, you know what? Sunlight is, is the best disinfectant. And we took the rug out and set it in the sunlight for a day and a half and brought it back in and it no longer stunk. It just had to kind of get disinfected by the sunlight. But, but when Jesus calls us out of the darkness and into the light, and he says, follow me. Follow me into the light. Follow me out of the darkness. That's what he's inviting us into. He's inviting us into the light. And the light of Christ, it is the best disinfectant. Let me just close with what John says in, in 1 John chapter 1. And man, if you wanted to follow up today's message with some reading of scripture, get into First John, uh, John and, and it will, it, it lines up a lot with what we're talking about today. He says, this is the message we have heard from God. We heard, or we heard from him and, and we declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, it purifies us from all sin. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you are the light of the world. And you are, you know, you're like a, you're like a soft white light, Lord. You don't shine so brightly in, in a condemning way, but you illuminate the hard places in our hearts and the hard places in our lives and the dark things that we have either experienced or we are caught in. And in these moments, Lord, we just want to come before you and, and ask for help. Would you help us to navigate our way out of darkness and, and into the light and into your presence that we might be sanctified, which means we might become more like you, Jesus, by, by moving away from the things that are holding us down, the things that we are keeping hidden, the things that are hindrances to our lives. Would you set us free from these things? And we believe that what the sun sets free is, is free indeed and is, and is free because he has done the work of freedom. Jesus, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love. We move towards you this morning and we celebrate the new life that we get to, to observe and to watch and to be a part of as, as we um, join some people who will be moving towards you, who will be moving out of darkness and, and into new light and into, into new life. Lord, thank you for this and thank you for today. In your name we pray, amen. This is my revelation 
Christ Jesus crucified Salvation through repentance At the cross on which he died Now hear my absolution Forgiveness for my sin one more towel. Any takers? I'm mostly, I mean, not joking, but if anybody wanted to, the, the tub's still warmed up by the kids. But hey, if not today, maybe this is, is the next step for you, to, to stand in front of your family and declare Jesus as Lord and, and to step into the light, to step into to new life. If you ever want to consider that next step, talk to me. Talk to Mitchell. Talk to one of the Olivias. We'd love to, to help you navigate that next step. Hey, God bless you as you go into, into the light today. May God walk with you. Have a great day.